BDR's Prime Resources Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge you need to help your business achieve prime results, with prime being the most flourishing stage or state. Let's do this. Welcome to the Prime Resources Podcast. I'm Matt MacArthur, BDR's Director of Training. Today our topic is learning to nurture leads to harvest great opportunities. Joining us today is BDR head coach and trainer, Catherine Barris. Catherine, welcome once again to the podcast. Thank you very much. Very glad to have you back again to discuss this topic of lead nurturing. And uh, I'm not sure everyone might not be familiar with that. So my first question to you is, what do we mean by lead nurturing? (laughs) It's a great question. When we're nurturing a lead, we're basically taking care of the lead. You know, we can create some actions from the point of acquiring the lead all the way through to the completion of the job. And it all starts with delivering that great client care, that great customer service that we all want to receive as a customer of anything or or any service, right? So it all starts with, you know, how we answer that phone, how well we're going to communicate the process, setting that appointment up, following up, and then following through all the way until it's either dead or, or completed as a job. One of the critical components for lead nurturing is tracking those leads and tracking them all the way through till it's either sold or it's lost. And this is where I find a lot of people, or maybe not necessarily a lot, but this is where I find we have a bunch of holes in the process of nurturing. We're not doing a great job of really tracking them from the start to finish. And then one of the other things that I like to talk about is understanding buying disposition based on the type of leads that are coming in. And we can break those types down into four different types of leads. It's going to be your emergency lead an advertising-based lead, marketing-based lead, or referrals. And each one of those types of leads come with certain challenges and dispositions. And if we have a better understanding on what those dispositions are, it can kind of help us nurture the leads. Okay. Well, you've given us a lot to start with already here, Catherine. I loved Mm -hmm. your phrasing there, lead nurturing is taking care of a lead, because that to me, just conjures up images of almost like holding a baby, you know, and holding it close and make sure it has everything it needs to uh, succeed and grow. Yeah, absolutely. A couple other things that you talked about that I'd like to dive into a little bit deeper. And one of them is the, that buying disposition. Can you talk more about, is there, you mentioned four different types of of leads that we commonly get, the emergency, Mm -hmm. the advertising base, the marketing, and the referrals. How does the buying disposition fit in with with those different types of leads, or, or does it? It absolutely does. When we're talking about a buying disposition, you know, we're, we can kind of break it down into how a person brings their preconceived notions to any buying table, whatever they're buying, you're going to have certain clientele that will buy the best of the best just because that's the way they purchase things. And then you're also going to have maybe 10% of the population is going to go for price point only. And typically 
when we understand the buying disposition of that particular lead type, for instance, let's just say an emergency lead. An emergency lead sometimes will be driven by price point because they're not expecting it. It's something that they don't necessarily had planned into their budget, so they're not too excited about the whole thing to begin <laughs> with. So if we can understand that, we can kind of come in and offer some nurturing steps to be able to keep that emergency lead or nurture that emergency lead into a better quality sale. And then there's just certain things that we can offer, like one of the nurturing steps for an emergency lead would have to be financing. If we're not offering financing for an emergency lead, we're going to be less likely to close that lead. So that nurturing or taking care of that particular base lead would be considered a nurturing step by offering financing. And then okay. once we sell it, part of the nurturing from there would be maybe offering temporary portable air conditioning or heating to keep them comfortable. And then another nurturing would be having a spot open on the calendar to be able to compensate for that lead when it is sold and get it installed in a timely manner. Okay. Yeah. Taking care of the lead. So there's a lot of layers to this is what I'm hearing, you know, that when we have that incoming call or contact, we can do ourselves a favor by identifying the buying disposition and know the type of lead that uh, is coming into us. What I heard from you was that then we can maybe adjust our nurturing strategies to best take care of that lead, depending on whether it was an emergency or an advertising lead or a referral or what have you. Is that, did I get that right? Exactly. Yeah. That comes down to, you know, who in the company can help us nurture those leads. And you just kind of nailed that. During that call intake process, our customer experience coordinator can start the nurturing process just by understanding what type of lead it is and what types of disposition that particular lead might bring along with it. And they can set up pre-approved financing before we even go out to give an estimate. So there's lots of different things that we can do from the call intake process to better help the home solution advisor for better success, set them up for better success in closing that. All right, let's back up here a little bit, Catherine. I think we'll come back to some of these, the actual lead nurturing strategies that you were getting into a little bit, but what impact can lead nurturing have? I think that's a good thing to get out here early on in our discussion so we understand what what's the upside of uh, if we can apply some lead nurturing. Yeah, absolutely. The key with lead nurturing in some of the research that we performed in developing the customer experience coordinator class and, and also in the sales classes, if we're nurturing the leads, what happens the, the nurturing of those leads creates a 47% larger purchase than non-nurtured leads. And they tend to come with higher closing ratios, which is always a plus. And one of the best outcomes of nurturing leads is creating a really great customer care process, which will in turn lead to referrals. And in sales, the more clients that we gain through lead nurturing, the more referrals we stand to gain, which is always that end goal. 
in the sales game to gain that extra referral. So we're always shooting for those referrals. Okay. I think this may be a good time to take a little side note and just mention uh, one of the reasons that we wanted to have you on for this episode was that you do lead BDR's Customer Experience University class for for coordinators and and uh, customer service representatives, as well as uh, lead our Service Dispatch University for dispatchers. So you are have a deep background in uh, lead nurturing and how to take care of the leads that come in. So I think that's important for the audience to know. You bring a lot to the table on this, and I'm already learning a bunch from from our conversation so far. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing something. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, you're perfect for this conversation. So, okay, so lead nurturing can have a big impact. I think you said 47% increase is, is possible. You know, there's some research mm-hmm. out there on that. Well, let, let's come back now to some of those uh, ways to nurture a lead. You mentioned financing. You mentioned a couple other things, but what other ways can we nurture a lead, Catherine? So when we're, when it comes to the nurturing, the key is to always take those steps that are going to push us to better success. Offering four levels of estimates will help nurture it because you're offering them multiple options for the different types of settings that we need. And financing in any package that we're offering, but also to offer a tiered level of financing, which we call that financing with honor, when we can offer them four levels of financing based on the amount of dollars that the package is going to cost them. So that way they can make those monthly payments a little more budget friendly based on the system design that they're choosing. So another nurturing step for that would be to offer that four tiers of financing along with the four tiers of C estimates that we are providing them as well. well I, I, I always like, like to say to be able to, I, I want for people to be able to afford the system that they deserve rather than just settling for a system that they're not going to be happy with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love that statement. And then offering the product choices and the financing choices, uh, you know, lets the consumer or the end decision maker make the decision and really uh, leads to them being happy. And it's a, a method of us taking care of that lead like we've been talking about. So I think those are great choices. And anything else? Yeah, I think that's that pretty much covers it, you know, and then I would actually encourage people to have team building meetings with their team members. This the customer experience coordinator, even dispatchers can get involved in it, our salespeople, um, our home solution advisors and, and have the discussion and break down how can we better nurture some of these leads and what can we do to be able to nurture and assure ourselves that we're taking care of this lead in the best way that we possibly can find out where the weaknesses are and try to shore those up and a lot of times our team members can give us the input that we might necessarily remember or know about sometimes things just get pushed under the rug or gets put off to the side figure out where the little holes are so that way everybody can work as a team together to shore them up and to create these little processes and ideas on how to nurture the, each type of lead. 
Yeah, I think that that's really smart. And I love that approach for processes in general. And really, this can be kind of a process of lead nurturing if we identify what those opportunities are. And then, okay, when this opportunity presents itself, what are we going to do as a team? Mm-hmm. And and you told us early on that this happens from the time the phone rings, but it really continues throughout the whole experience, you know, from leading up to the sale to being able to offer choices at the sale to even then how we're going to do the installation. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing uh, we can be lur- nurturing that lead all the time to to get to that end goal of a referral that you talked about. Absolutely. It doesn't just stop because we've, we've sold the system because we, we haven't quite reached the end goal until we are getting the referrals after the jobs are complete. Yeah. So this leads right into my next question, Catherine, and, and you've kind of answered it, but maybe we can get a little bit more in this in specifics. Uh, I was going to ask you who in the company can nurture leads. And it sounds like just about everybody can play a role could you talk a little bit about maybe some of the different roles of the different team members in the lead nurturing process? Yeah, absolutely. Our leads come from many different sources. Dispatchers will be involved in service technician generated leads. They're going to be involved in making sure that the information is passed to the proper person. It might be a lead coming in on a phone call and then the person transferring the call to the Customer experience coordinator has a role in making sure that we're delivering that person to the customer experience coordinator who needs to schedule the appointment. Do we have a process in place to be able to transfer that call easily and not make the customer have to repeat themselves? Those simple little customer or client care steps that we should be following and and making sure, because I know I hate to repeat myself. So that's one of the things that I try to instill with everybody, you know, dispatch has to have a really good, strong handoff on service tech generated leads. Whoever's answering the phone and transfer them over should have some good steps in place to be able to transfer that lead. So there's so many different hands that are going to touch a client throughout the process of just calling us up to go figure out what's wrong with the system to turning it over sales and then turning it over as an install job. I like for one person to handle that from start to finish, our customer experience coordinator, but sometimes we have to pass it off to somebody else, just depending on the structure of the company. But anybody that's talking to this client needs to nurture it, no matter where it starts, where it originates and where it ends. Everybody has a a role in nurturing that lead just by taking care of them and making them feel confident in the fact that they've called the correct company and that we're gonna take care of them. Yeah, and and, and it can be pretty easy for one person to drop the ball here and leads to a, a failure of, of lead nurturing and, and maybe a loss of a referral. And you had me at that example of uh, on the phones where having a good transfer of information and not having to have the customer repeat themselves, that is a pet peeve of mine when you call some of these big mm-hmm. companies. And you 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 explain your whole situation to the first person, and then you can tell they want to transfer you. And you're like, wait a minute, you're not going to transfer me, are you? Okay. <laughs> and then and then I mean, there's no coming back from that. Okay, you got to transfer me. You're going to tell them what I already told you, right? So I don't have to repeat myself. Oh yeah, yeah. And you transfer, and then you're just starting from ground zero again, and it's just so deflating, and and it's a loss of trust, and and you don't have mm-hmm. that feeling of being taken care of, like 
we're talking about here. So it's a small thing, absolutely, but um, I think it can have a big impact. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I talk about in my customer experience coordinator classes is that I'm one of those dangerous clients as far as I'm not going to waste your time. Don't waste my time. And if you're not going to take care of me, I will find somebody else who will. So I will quietly, quietly go away. I won't say anything. I might just hang up. You know, it just depends on, on what's happening. If you leave me on hold for long periods of time, you must be too busy for me to handle it. That's not nurturing a lead when we leave people on hold for long periods of time having to repeat themselves over and over again, transferring one department to the next department. That is not nurturing that lead. I want you to, hey, Mrs. Jones, I got Joanne on the phone, or I'm going to transfer you over to Miss Joanne. I've given her all of your information, so um, she's going to go ahead and pick up here. I'm going to transfer over to you, and you can, she's going to go ahead and take care of you. Well, now that just made me feel better, knowing that I don't have to go through the whole spiel again. And that is what we call lead nurturing. It's by delivering great customer service. Yeah, right on. So you t you mentioned having a, a team meeting, you know, and bringing people together that ha or have roles in these different processes that interact with the customer. Are there any other tools or, or strategies that a company could develop to really get better at lead nurturing? Yes, absolutely. There's always room for improvement too. That's one of the things that I tell everybody all the time. Don't think you have it perfected because nothing reaches perfection. There's always room for improvement. But the first thing that we absolutely have to start with is tracking the leads. If we are not tracking them, we have no measurement. We have no way to know how well we've done. We have no way of... And a lot of times, too, in fact, I just taught this class um, last week and I had a show of hands how many people have let leads slip through the cracks because they didn't track it or they didn't write it down. And just about everybody in the room raised their hand. So it's unfortunate, but when we get busy and we're writing on scrap pieces of paper or we're saying, okay, I'll have somebody call them and whatever the case may be, and it just gets more things get put on top of it and before you know it is buried at the bottom of a pile and we don't catch it until it's too late. So tracking is important. We should have a sales performance report and a lead log implemented. We can't manage them if we don't track it and if we're not managing them, we're not nurturing them. So that's the first step. The second step I would say would be developing a strong sales cadence for the follow-up process on any open estimates that we may have out there. This will keep us on top of the follow-up process and we follow up until the lead is either sold or lost. You know, it's not really lost unless the client says it's lost. Stop calling me, right? <laughs> <laughs> if they haven't told us to stop calling them or if they haven't told us they went with somebody else, or if they've decided to go with the repair, then make sure that we're following a good sales cadence. And what do I mean by a sales cadence? Have a written process on, hey, after day one of delivering this estimate that did not get sold on the spot, this is what I need to do. What do I do on day two? I'm sending an email. On day three, I might be calling them. On day four, right? And you work through the first 30 days of delivering that estimate with some type of contact, some type of point of contact to make sure that we're following through on it. So that's another really important strategy to make sure that we are performing well. And that's that follow-up process. 
I actually had a client that recently was kind of dead in the water. They didn't have anything going on. It was during the slower season. So first thing I did is said, let's go follow up on any open estimates that we have that have not closed. So we did that. And for the first time in their company history, they booked out two weeks in advance on their installs and they closed an estimate that had been given out to the homeowner like eight months prior. Wow. So it's, it works. It really does work. So just following up. Okay. We've also talked about financing. That's a must if we don't have a finance program in place or right now, there's a lot of difficulties with interest rates. You know, don't let interest rates scare you from offering financing. Go shop finance companies and find out what we can have to offer. EDR has a great resource in Goodleap, Goodleap Financing. So go shop the, the rates. Don't necessarily have to stop offering financing. We just got to go figure out what we can offer and build into our pricing in a way that's not going to affect the homeowners too badly and not affect us too poorly either. Yeah. And, and Another key component. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was, just, I was going to jump in there on financing that I, I think many folks are aware of the statistics on the average American, you know, they have less than a thousand dollars in savings. And so even with interest rates being higher, people need that financing to really make a large purchase. And so uh, I, I think that's a huge part of the nurturing process. So continue. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. And then the last thing that I like to talk about as a key component is offering the four options, which we did talk about a little bit already, but I'll kind of circle back to it. So, you know, offering four options is a part of BDR's best practices. We do recommend four options. So it does, and when we offer the four options, it increases the average job, it increases the closing ratio, and the end goal for offering four options is to reduce price shopping. If we're giving them four options, they don't necessarily have to go to our competitor to see what they're choosing because we've given them four different price points. That first price point should be that competitive price. And then we work our way up to higher levels all the way up to the top of the line options on the fourth option. That includes all the bells and whistles, I like to say. Sort of like a car. You, know, you have cars that are many, many different price options for the same model of car, but it's all based on the amount of accessories and bells and whistles they have for each one of those packages. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier about the statistics that say lead nurturing done well can lead up to, you know, it could be 47% increase from what they might normally buy. And so that goes hand in hand with this offering choices strategy because if we've if we've done a great job of nurturing the lead, now we can give them the opportunity to buy something above maybe what they came in with, uh, thinking they were going to get. Once they've understand that we're going to be a company that's going to take care of them, they don't have to worry, and now we can deliver value and really give them that system that they need and want, as you said, through this lead nurturing process. So. This is fantastic information uh, here, Catherine. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, so quick review. There are some, some lead nurturing strategies. We've got to track the leads, uh, having a sales cadence for follow-up on open estimates, 
financing, of course, and offering options were, were four of the strategies that you mentioned. How do we know when we're getting good at this, Catherine? How do we measure success of lead nurturing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it all starts with one of those strategies that we talked about, tracking. So what do we do with the tracking? We're tracking the leads so far. We're tracking the sales, you know, how much were the jobs, days to close. Those are some of what we call the key indicators. But if I'm going to track my measure of success on nurturing, the key indicators that I'm looking for, um, I'll give us some insight on that success and measuring it. So those key indicators that I'm talking about and measuring the success of nurturing is going to be, my, my three favorite to look at is going to be our closing ratio, our average job invoice, and the number of accessories sold per job. Those three key indicators will give you an insight into the success that you're having nurturing leads. Okay. Yeah, that that's great. Closing ratio, average job invoice, number of accessories sold per job. If we watch those metrics and we see those increasing, we can feel pretty good about how we're doing with our lead nurturing. Um, oh, and I forgot one other thing, one of the most important. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, tracking the number of customer referrals that we're getting. If we're oh, doing yeah. a great job of capturing referrals, that, that is a very good indicator that we're doing a great job of um, nurturing those leads. Yeah, absolutely. If they feel like they were taken care of, they feel comfortable telling their friends, family, knowing that they're going to be taken care of just as well. Yeah, fantastic. So, Catherine, if I'm a company... And, and maybe, you know, this whole lead nurturing concept's new to me. How do I, how do I get started? What's, what's the starting point? The starting point is to get started. <laughs> Make it simple, right? I like it. <laughs> that could be as simple as implementing that sales performance report with the lead log. So we can at least start taking a look at it. You know, I would start with the sales performance report and the sales cadence. Once you get those two things implemented, it starts to just kind of flow from there. I highly recommend that we register our customer experience coordinators, our dispatchers, our salespeople, maybe even sales managers for the customer experience university class. And during that class, we're going to help develop that outstanding customer experience. We're going to coach them on how to perform lead research to help improve lead nurturing. Um, how to set up the Home Solution Advisor for success, really closing up communication gaps that might currently be present in the the systems that we already have, and then hopefully in the end, positioning the company for those referrals. What we're shooting for, they're just, referrals are easier to deal with. They're easier to to collect money from. They have a higher closing ratio. They're less price shopping because they're already calling you because somebody recommended. So it's like, the referrals is the way to go, and that's what I'm constantly shooting for, and we should be doing a great job of training our entire team. Okay, yeah, when we, the title of this episode was Learning to Nurture Leads to Harvest Great Opportunities. We probably could have said Learning to Nurture Leads to Harvest Great Referrals. There you go. That's true. <laughs> well, we, we can still change it. I don't know. You mentioned a couple <laughs> times the sales performance report. You know, so that's something that folks can get if they are part of our the BDR coaching program. Can you just tell us a little bit more about what that report does and uh, what it's all about? Absolutely. So if you're currently on 
the BDR coaching program, ask your head coach for, or your sales coach, whatever program you want, ask them if they can send you the sales performance report with the lead log. And then that way you should have access to it if you are on the coaching program. It does come with some of the classes, the sales classes that BDR is putting on. But the main thing that we wanna do we get a report like that, and it's a spreadsheet. It's an Excel spreadsheet. We go and we put in some key data points that we're tracking, and it will help us track our closing ratio. It's gonna help us track those average jobs, the number of accessories sold, the tier level of packages that we're selling. It's going to spit out all kinds of numbers that help us generate certain reports that we're needing for profit launch when we are preparing for our business planning sessions. Number of days to close. How long is it taking us to close those leads? What are those average jobs? How many referrals are we seeing in a week? And then another thing that we can utilize this sales report on is tying it back to our business plan. If I know I need 150 leads for the month, how many leads am I going to need to run per week per salesperson? And then we can go get a better estimate on number of leads needed based on our plan. Or even if we don't have a business plan, if we're not in the profit launch, go figure out how many we need to run in order to hit our goals. Are we creating a sales goal for our salesman? How many leads am I going to need to run with my closing ratio? How many jobs am I going to need to sell with my average job in order to hit my monthly goals. So these sales reports can give us a lot of insight on true performance, but also help us on the what ifs. What if I go out there and get some more leads? What if I increase my closing ratio by 10%? What if I increase my job by $5,000 per job? We rework the numbers and rework the goals and we, it can be an evolving I guess it's an evolving plan, right? Each day is going to bring a little different challenge to how do I get over the challenges? So it definitely gives us some better insight on the total performance, but it can also help set us up for better goal setting in the future as well. Yeah, sounds like there's a lot of great information in that sales performance report. So definitely look into that if you're uh, not on the coaching program. You can join or maybe get to our Top Gun Sales Excellence course and you can get that report and start using it and tracking your leads and improving your lead nurturing process here, which um, you've told us so much about, Catherine. I think this has been a great overview of the topic. You can see it can be very powerful and that the whole team can be involved. Do you have any final thoughts you want to share on this subject? Referrals. I'm going to swing back to referrals because it's so important. <laughs> Everybody has opportunity to plant the seeds for referrals. And I don't like to coach it, my teams to be super duper heavy closers. So I always work towards what if we planted seeds for referrals at every opportunity that we could. I mean, every time we get a compliment is an opportunity to plant a seed for a referral. You know, hey, Mrs. Jones. Uh, thank you for that feedback. We really appreciate it because we do the best we can on customer service and trying to provide a high level of client care because we know you're more likely to refer your friends and family to us if you're happy with what we're doing. So never waste an opportunity to plant the seed for referrals. Okay. Well, I think that's a wonderful statement. And, and part of the lead nurturing process is really that's the where we want to end up. 
is by having a referral. And if we do a great job, as you said, way back in the beginning of this conversation, taking care of the lead all the way through, then that's right where we'll end up with more referrals. So Catherine, thanks for a fantastic conversation today. Well, I appreciate you inviting me to do it and I'm more than happy to pass on any knowledge I might have. I absolutely love sharing it. So thank you. Yes, you are our BDR's customer service expert. So we were very glad to have you and have you share your knowledge with us. So thank you and thank everyone for listening and we will catch you next time.